fill in the details later, you know, so they're like, okay, first, what we'll punch it up for you. Okay, we have to get the number of new cases down. Shit. Okay. Okay. Um, but I guess they, they'll, they'll know something about how to, how to do that. So they'll just fill the, the <laughs> other sentence in later. So I mean, I think I'm good. I mean, wasn't his campaign in 88 tanked by the fact that he plagiarized writing unattributed for speeches and stuff anyways yeah. like for all we know this was like okay so you know we have to signal to the business community that we're not going to like radically disrupt their ability to make a profit right because ultimately the capital e economy makes sure that everyone has the tools that they need to survive and their labor needs to be exploited in order for that system to continue working right mm -hmm. so we've got to do what trump's doing but imply that we're going to do it a little bit better because that's what we do, capital D Democrats. So let's sort of take where he's going and say he's not doing his job and we're going to do whatever the fuck he's doing, conceptually speaking, more significantly speaking. managed. Well, I mean, the thing the thing that like is horrifying, right, is so we're making fun of this because it's so generic and it's so clearly evidences that. At the very least, if even if you're just treating this as a campaign document, so like the um, the response, I would imagine from like a completely, I you know, DC poisoned person uh, is is to say like, well, this is just a campaign thing. He's just trying to draw distinctions between himself and Trump. And like I would say, what no, on not earth? even almost. I mean, yeah. yeah, like what on earth is he doing to really distinguish himself from Trump here? So that's yeah. the first thing. Nothing, right? And and, and the second thing is. This is really generic, but meanwhile, <laughs> there are plans, comprehensive, actual ideas that are being trotted out right now about what the transition to an open economy actually looks like. And when you get into the details of those, they're much more terrifying sort of uh, documents because they actually do, you know, illustrate what some of these choices are going to look like and they're very politically painful and potentially you know autocratic um and mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we one yeah one thing actually i mean not to one thing that we were looking uh, at for uh, in preparation for this that i think phil is in some way alluding to too is the like Amer american enterprise institute scott gottlieb mm -hmm. authored um study on, on the pathway to reopen the economy. And I do maybe last thing on Biden that I do want to point out is actually even his third, his, his third bullet point actually reads right out of this AEI document because, but you know, quote, big scare quotes, Biden uh, writes here, you know, Biden's uh, policy <laughs> team or whatever, or not even policy team, probably PR team writes here. Uh, third, we have to make sure our hospitals and healthcare system are ready for flare ups of the disease that may occur when economic activity <laughs> expands again, which is not, the point actually like you're not going to have a it's it's not that you're worried about having a flare up of the disease it's that you're worried actually on you know uh you know what what like epidemiologists are worried about is you reopen the economy and actually you can just begin either the cycle of pandemic again right. or have a worse wave of Right. health and economic devastation. Basically. Right. I mean, I think, you know, this like much of the stuff that we're seeing from the Biden camp, this op-ed just really cements to me that Biden and Trump just completely share the same political framework. It's just about language and how you're mm -hmm. going to sell it. You know, like they are talking about what public health experts would call a second or third more deadly mutated wave of SARS-CoV-2. 
calling it a flare-up, which is what you call something that my disease does when you're preparing for it to just continue, right? He also even says that like reopening won't be completely safe, even if we do it the right way, which means that you're doing it the wrong way. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and to serve us who really is the the problem. Yeah, that's sort of the thing that annoys, well, it doesn't just annoys me, but I think it frightens me about crisis moments, which is that they do two things. One, they make ideas even more important than they already are. And so like, if you have the ability to step in and interpose some framework and you have the the sort of power and leverage to do that, then it ends up being pretty significant, right? I mean, there's, it, 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 it should be bothersome to us that the people who are putting out these plans first are like the Center for American Progress and AEI. Right. And like in these plans it includes a regime of like digital surveillance mm-hmm. yeah. that will, you know, have a strong like when anyone says like, oh, yeah, part of the plan is going to be you're going to download the app. I mean, something <laughs> has gone horribly Literally wrong, like right? GPS <laughs> yeah. trackers right. and yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like that's the first thing. And I guess the second thing with it is sort of, um, you know, I don't I mean, I just fundamentally <laughs> Don't think that even let's just assume that like the content of these things is was good. Mm -hmm. I don't know how in what reality that would be possible, but let's just pretend (laughs) for a second that it was, you know, like not a social, not even social democratic response, but like a milder, you know, New Deal liberalism response. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's just assume it was that I don't even trust that right now the federal government as currently constituted where the state governments is currently constituted could muster that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that leadership or any kind of like action or agency on this is going to come from the state. uh, Fundamentally. I I think that at the very least doing anything even remotely good, they're going to have to be frightened into doing it. And Mm -hmm. um, so right now, like who's trying to frighten them into do this stuff Bill Gates, I guess. Right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Capital. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the other thing that I think this also represents is because we've started to see effects of like social distancing, all of these like, you know, sort of all of their sort of like data people right in these think tanks have have started like firing up all of their models you know where where they're able to when when three weeks ago they weren't really able to tell politicians anything with certainty about the actual consequences of the outbreak which you know like as i think we mentioned i don't know we say all the fucking time like politicians like fucking hate like all of that sort of uncertainty and and you know, now that they now that like their modelers are able to tell them like, you know, actually, it's probably going to be like 200,000 people are going to die, maybe 300,000, but probably not the 1 million figure that you guys were all really afraid of. Mm-hmm. I, it, it feels like all of these politicians have a lot more incentive. And then also uh, like business, you know, f- feels like we are not going to be like category, like our labor force isn't going to be categorically decimated. Right. And, and everybody's just sort of uh, like tacitly decided that like the difference between 200,000 and 400,000 dead is inconsequential to like the continued accumulation of capital. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think Phil, you're very right that, that like currently as it stands, like we're not prepared to actually really do any of some of the things that are being suggested and both, 
both Biden and the AEI, you know, National Coronavirus Roadmap Response <laughs> Report suggest like <laughs> robust reliance on the pub on the private sector or, uh, right. you know, public private part public um, uh, Biden literally says is if I were president, I would convene top experts from the private sector industry <laughs> by industry to come up with new and uh, new ideas on how to operate more safely. And I'm like, how is this not also just a description of Trump's cabinet? Yeah, <laughs> so, no, absolutely. Right. The, the best thing was the reporting that came out today, which so like, <clears throat> you know, my one of my dystopian visions is like Jack London's The Iron Heel, where like the United <laughs> States is in fact just five companies in a trench coat um and like when you see these press conferences that is what it looks like but then i guess the reporting today was like they called up all of the companies that were at these things that trump was like you know walmart's going to be doing testing and like target's going to be doing these drugs they had like never talked to them before i no one ever called me yeah, I have no well, idea what's going no, on. But right. and beyond, I mean, but you don't even have to look at those moments when they actually explicitly trot out companies uh, to right. to no. s- like service that. I mean, Scott Gottlieb himself is a perfect example. You know, he he was like FDA commissioner up until I think April of last year, <laughs> and now he is a you know he's a senior fellow at AEI producing this report, which happens to coincide very directly with the sort of policy prescriptions that the Trump administration is putting forward, um, you know, wanting to reopen the economy by no fucking joke here. May day by May 1st, which is amazing. (laughs) It's too, Um, too beautiful. So on the nose, Um, but going to be a hell of a Walpurgis. But then uh, Gottlieb is also like an executive at Pfizer, right? you know, I mean, this is it, it's like you don't even have to. It's like, I guess, with the with with the press conference that you're referring to, Phil, it's like all the companies there are sort of stacked in a trench coat, but actually they've taken the trench coat off. Right. And Gottlieb is like one of the guys, but still in the trench coat. I don't yes. know. Yes, that's, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> well, See, I mean, so, it's, no, the, the other thing, the other thing that I think is really the, the AEI plan is like really instructive in, in terms of like how um so the AI plan does sort of rely as 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 uh, much of a scion of, of neoliberalism as AEI is. Um, it does rely on this image of the state that seems like uh, Friedrich Hayek's worst nightmare because it's like <laughs> the state has to be able. So there's like in the AI plan and in all these plans, there's like three phases, which just conjures like. Hello, this is Daniel Beatrice's screen reader program. Support us at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod to hear the full episode and get access to patron-only content. With love, the death panel.